Welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Dave Keene of the Park Baptist Church, 717 East Main Street, Rock Hill, South Carolina, 29730. I'm with John Whitaker. Hello, John. Hello. John, you are planting churches everywhere. Is that right? For every people? Is that right? Planting churches everywhere everyone. for everyone. That's yeah, right. T-shirt. He's wearing a t-shirt. I read t-shirts is what I do. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, let me uh, just offer a quick word of prayer, and then we'll dive right into the text awesome. uh, about love. Uh, great topic. Uh, Father, uh, we ask you to bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, all right, John Whitaker, First uh, John, John chapter uh, 3, 11 through 24. Probably do it in chunks, paragraph by paragraph. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Um, for this is the message we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And we know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Right. Uh, I had a question, but I wrote down. I have a better question I just thought of. Good. Would you think you could summarize your message with verses 11 and 16? For this is the message that you heard from... Uh, from the beginning that you should that we should love one another 16 by this we know love he laid down his life for us and we have to lay down our lives for the brothers does that summarize the whole entire message uh yes and no okay. right i would say yes it does right for the first half and the last little bit about you know the condemnation piece right mm-hmm. there is a i think john is trying to say when you feel condemned if you are loving the brothers you should not feel condemned you should actually have confidence before the lord if you're living mm. a holy life you're keeping his commandments by believing mm. and by loving then you should have confidence because i think there there are times when we you know i even prayed that at the beginning lord i pray that people who lack assurance would have it mm-hmm. who need it and those who have assurance and don't shouldn't that they would be questioned so mm. you know that's, i don't want to i want to only do what the lord wants there yeah but he, he starts off in this first paragraph with the kind of the negative right cain's love what, what would you say is Cain's love? How would you describe it? Well, why don't you tell me about Cain's love since you're preaching a message this coming week? I haven't read it. I'm planning on reading it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think that you made some good points about, like, there's this vertical idea of, of what Cain's relationship with the Lord is, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I think Cain, the Lord asked Cain, if you do well, won't you be accepted? So mm-hmm. he's obviously not doing well with his own offering, and he's jealous and angry at, um, right. at Abel because of it. Um, but his vertical relationship with the Lord is off. Um, so I think um, Cain's love is self-seeking. Um, it's about his own glory. Um, it's about his own way, mm-hmm. and not about the, the Lord and the, brother, the brethren. Mm. I, I mean, kind of going along with that, uh, are there any diagnostic questions we could maybe ask ourselves? Like, am I loving like Cain? Yeah, I think that that it'd be really interesting. Like, if I was someone who's Really close. Someone was really close to me. Um, why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil, and his brother's righteous. I don't think that we're going to struggle with murder, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. All right. right. It's good, right? But I do think there's going to be um, condemnation in the heart. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be judgment because you're envious of people, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I went to that James passage. Like, I think, are, are we bitter? Are we en- envious? Are we jealous of mm-hmm. others? Um, and I think that there's some of that that may cause us 
maybe it's birthed because of social media. You see someone's life, you know, whether it's happy and go lucky, or mm-hmm. you see what they're posting, and I don't like the way they're doing that. So it causes a rift between you and in your spirit. Maybe not, mm-hmm. not, maybe not like you wouldn't say anything to their face, but you may cool your relationship, distance a little bit there. So I think that there's an element. I didn't really, I didn't really know how to bring that out in mm-hmm. a sermon, right? Um, I just thought it was going to take too much time, you mm-hmm. know. So I didn't really know how to really apply that. And just like, okay, how, how is that? Because how do we like love like Cain? Well, I think it's because we think more about ourselves than we do others. Well, there's so many applications there. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you, you made a great point, which I can't wait to hear you preach uh, Genesis 4. You know, when God asks, when Wednesday says, am I my brother's keeper? Mm. Well, yes, you are. Like, you know, like you, you mentioned that to me the other day, yeah. like, a, you know, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think Tune I, in next yeah, week. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mention it, but I'm like, oh, that's a great line, right? Yeah. Because what, you know, what John is saying, love one another, Watch out, care for your brother. Mm-hmm. You are your brother's keeper, right? Yeah. I mean, not even in verse 18, right? If you see your, your guys, don't listen to this. This, this, right? this is coming next week. <laughs> yeah. if, 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 you have, if you have the world's goods and you close your front, your heart right. off from it, well, you're basically you're saying, Am I my brother's keeper? Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're being like Cain, right? And I, you know, if you weren't preaching this next week, I may, may have gone into this a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then this idea of like, if you're opening your heart, you're basically saying, Yes, I am my brother's keeper. I should know how they're doing, I should watch out for them. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a great, good text. It's a great um, and oddly enough, I chose the text because earlier in First John, stuff something you said brought me to Genesis four, which is kind of just showing. You, I mean, if you want to hear any encouragement, how faithful you are being to the text, that you're really getting in John to a sense of you, because John has like a message and it's, yeah. he kind of repeats himself over and over again, and you preaching uh, a month ago kind of already hitting this heartbeat of love one another it brought to me Genesis 4 which is I was, yeah. was coming up and encouragement mm-hmm. to you I was really encouraged the fact that you chose to preach Genesis 4 uh, I preached through Genesis I did not preach Genesis 4 I went to the chapter 3 and then I jumped to the, the, the flood narrative and yeah. I'm like why did I not teach that passage and you know maybe my own uh, lack of confidence in my preaching uh, or I just didn't see it as a value so the fact that you saw it as value yeah for our life today, I thought it was really encouraging. Hmm. Thank Thank you. You. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was uh, point one. Do you love like Cain? Point two. Do you love like Christ? Verses sixteen and eighteen. It says, "By this we know love that He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him?" Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Um, yeah, first question, I mean, it's, it's quite simple. Um, what are ways we can lay down our life? You know, what, um, and you, I actually wrote this down before you said it. But I wrote down these commands are very simple, but very hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so love one another. Okay. Got, got it. it. Got it. <laughs> right. But how do I do that? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, of course, I've been thinking a lot about our, our own church family. Are we loving one another? So at the beginning of the week, um, I had some conversations with people that may indicate that we need to love one another better, hmm. right? Like, we're not, we don't really know what's going on in people's lives and all they're, that they're struggling with. You know, I mean, I'm a pastor, so sometimes I just ask direct, honest questions. It's kind of how I, you know, mm-hmm. kind of cut through the stuff and go right, go right at right. it. And people will open up. And sometimes they'll just start crying about how they don't feel loved, they don't feel honored. Uh, that don't feel valued um, within the body, right? Um, and then I, and then when I take a step back, I look at what God's doing largely in the body, and I say, "Oh my goodness, the Lord is really using our bodies to love." 
Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I didn't really draw this out. Maybe thinking about back, maybe I should have. But I think that, you know, one way that you love one another is by revealing that you have needs. Like, right. You know, like I, I, you know, sermons are sometimes challenging because you're trying to figure out, okay, all I don't want to say. But, you know, if you see your brother has a need, mm-hmm. you close your heart against him. Well, how do you see that your brother has a need? One, you have to be looking. Mm-hmm. And two, your brother has to share their need. Right. Right? So you have to, you can assume they have a need. Sometimes you don't know unless they share it. You know? Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about that at all. Looking back, I wish I would have drawn that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that you encouraging church to share needs? Oh, yeah. I mean, share your needs. I mean, so if I said, okay, right now, guys, those of you who are listening, singles feel lonely. They feel isolated. Right? That's been kind of a theme throughout quarantine. Yeah. So I mentioned that several times to several people, and um, when I said it in the sermon, I said I've been so encouraged by families bringing in people who need encouragement in a warm meal, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's specifically I'm referring to singles, because we've tried to address some of the loneliness in singles by having them more, be more intentional there. Um, you know, some people don't feel like they know anybody in the life of the church, right? Um, I think we still need to do a better job welcoming people, Right. Um, who walk into our walk into into our body? I mean, Corona has kind of mm-hmm. dampened our, our 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 loving spirit. I think a little bit in yeah. terms of welcoming visitors. Um, we were hopping over pews there for a little while. Yeah, we're to to <laughs> 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 we run out and go find you. Um, yeah, so I think that there's a um, there's if we share the need, then we can actually meet it. But mm-hmm. here's the danger, right? Share the need, no one meets it. Bitterness, right? Yeah, because I shared my need and no one was there for me. Mm. Um, you know, so. You know, people are, are in the body right now are struggling, right? Um, some are struggling financially. By God's grace, people have given me money to help those folks. Yeah. Um, we have had a benevolence, you know, fund because of a faithful giving to the benevolence fund through throughout the the virus season. Um, people who have been affected by COVID have been able to get money from the church to be able to pay pay their bills, Amen. which is great. You know, so I mean, all that to say is like the Lord's really doing a lot of stuff in our congregation right now to show love, yeah. right? You know, I mean, I've shared this with you before, but one thing I always do, I'm looking. Give me something that happened on a Sunday. Usually I learn about it on a Sunday. It gives me encouragement that has nothing to do with me, right? So, like, I'm not trying to glory in myself. I'm trying to glory in what the Lord's doing in the body by his spirit. And, man, like, can I just tell you, like, how many times the Indupalis do that to me? <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I hear of how the Indupalis are just opening up their lives to people and serving. Yeah. And it seems like they do it so consistently. And I just, it just, they were my highlight. And the fact that. Imagining Simeon watching Hallmark movies was yeah. kind of a little, bit, a little bit of joy, a joy to me. Um, yeah, I mean that kind of opening, you know, one's heart right with their worldly goods to others, right? We call it generosity. Are there not though many non-Christians who are generous? How is this an accurate indicator of someone's, you know, what how we may know or that they're walking with Jesus? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good question. You know, I think obviously you have to believe, right? Mm-hmm. So there's he goes says that later on, like those who believe in Jesus Christ as the Son. So there's a belief aspect here, um, but I think that you know Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You can love the one, hate the other. Can't serve both God and money. Right. So we, we mentioned before when you offered the prayer of Thanksgiving, we show that we love God and that we don't love this world by giving our resources. Mm-hmm. This is where our treasure is. Where that's where our heart will be also. Um, so I think yeah, of course there's people who are in the world. Are generous, right? You know, absolutely. You know, um, they're formed in the image of God. So even non-Christians will demonstrate things that are represent the Lord, right? Um, but I think that 
um, you know, I think there's a couple aspects here is that you look at someone, you don't know what kind of need they have, right? Um, but if you are a, call yourself a Christian and you see someone who's in need, who's a brother, right, mm-hmm. member of your own family, and you don't help them, well, then you're more like Cain and not like mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. That's good. Um Anything else you want to highlight in this section? I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, no. I mean, I think it's, you know, when I was trying to think through that, like, what does it look like for me to lay down my life for my brothers? One thing I didn't want, I didn't want to put guilt on people. Yeah. Like, hey, you're not doing this. Do more. Do more. Right. You know, it's kind of like what, I love what Paul says, the Thessalonians, you know, you have been taught by God to love one another. Mm-hmm. Do so more and more. Right. So I just exhort the church, continue to love people more and more, not out of, not out of, out of guilt, Mm-hmm. but out of a joyful response for what Jesus Christ has done for you. Yeah, which is really important because, I mean, a group of us were talking yesterday and just um, that moralistic therapeutic deism and how, like, texts like these, I was saying, could become just a moralistic teaching. Just love one another. You know, be generous with one another. But that, that verse 16, oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of rips that right out of, like, no, no. You don't just love people. Love like Jesus. Love people. Lay down your life because he laid down his life for us. And yeah, it's just really kind of potent there of this isn't just a how-to manual. Yeah, and I think it's that you know, maybe a parallel verse might be James 1, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so James 1, uh, if anyone thinks he is religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. Mm-hmm. That's not where the text stops. And to keep oneself unstained from the world, right? Mm-hmm. Most people don't add that last part, to be unstained from the world. What's, what's to be unstained from the world? Well, it's not to live and, and act and think like the world, right. but to live as if you were in Christ and part of another world, right? right? So if you lose the ending of verse uh, you know, 27 in James 1, and if you lose verse 16 in John, John 3, you know, verse 3, then you're in trouble. Yeah, it's just do some stuff, you know, look this way, yeah. and there's... But, I mean, it's kind of cool, though. It shows us the character of God. God as God as he is, you know, like, as powerful, all-knowing, humbled himself and took on flesh. Like, that's just, that's who he is, you know. That's who he is, for sure. That's good. Uh, So, uh, point number three, does your love condemn? You want to read 19 and 20? Uh, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater in our heart, and he knows everything. Uh, I only had one question. I mean, it's two verses. It was really good because I think, uh, man, I don't know how I've missed this text in the past because I talk about it a lot with people of like, just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that's who you are in Christ. Sure. But uh, the question I had was, how do you know if your heart is lying to you about your sin, whether it's um, false guilt or false assurance? Yeah, that's a great question. That's going to take some analysis, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, the verse that I kind of think about when I think about this verse is Ephesians 6, right? You know, um, you know, pick up the shield of faith that extinguishes the, sh- the flaming arrows of the evil one. Mm-hmm. We're going to be attacked by the evil one. And the, what does the evil one do? He's, a, he's an accuser. Right? Yeah. He's, a, he's a liar, right? So he accuses us. So there's times that we're going to be accused. We need to pick up the shield of faith. Well, no, I believe in Jesus. Right. I'm walking with him. Mm-hmm. I'm abiding with him. I'm trying to live out my faith in him, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm confessing my sins. And he who's faithful and just will forgive me of my sins and knows what cleanse me of my sin. Cleansing is a process. It's, yeah. You know, so I think that there's a there's an aspect you have to do do like test your faith, test yourself. Are you walking in the, in the light? 
Mm-hmm. If you're walking in the light and you're living for the Lord, well, then you should be fine. Mm. Um, but, you know, I don't want to give people assurance too quickly. Right. You know, because, you know, people want assurance. Mm-hmm. People want to know they're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. It's um, great. And, and <laughs> That's what John's doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything, like, in, in the end, it's going to be okay. People want to know that. Am I going to make this leap? I've walked through many trials, whether it's a cancer, whether it's a death. I mean, you know, this is what people want to know. And honestly, I, don't, I can't always do that. Someone asked me after the service some questions about someone in their own life. And are you said that if a person does this, that they're not in the Lord. And that they, they died. Are they in the Lord? Are they in heaven? Yeah. Well, and I, honestly, I, I don't know. Yeah. So if there's, there's a false guilt, condemnation, you know, where's it go? I think that you know, we know this. Um, like, I think this is Peter. That's a good example. Brother kind of turned me out to that this week. First, he says the same thing. Lord, you know everything, which is the same idea here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my heart. So the Lord knows us, right? He knows, he sees the inner workings of our heart. Mm-hmm. He knows if we're really uh, sad about our sin and mm-hmm. we're really grieving it or we're just sad that we got caught. Yeah. Right? You know, so I think, you know, the passage you look at, maybe six, Second Corinthians, you know, six, worldly grief, godly grief. You know, right. And godly grief leads to repentance. So, Yeah. I guess, yeah, if you're, doesn't lead to uh, action and following Jesus. It's probably not good. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of. I mean, if I had to give some advice here, it'd be uh, we talk about this maybe every other week. I feel like have someone to talk to. You know, have another brother or sister you meet with regularly to show you. You know, no, no, no like you're, this is just a bad week. Look at the past five months you've been doing. You know, so my old pastors always say like sometimes you eat bad Chinese food. Right. You yeah. Know, like you wake up and you, it's like you're you're suffering because something completely unrelated to right what you're dealing with. So. That's good. And then uh, your last point: uh, Does your love comply? Verses twenty one through twenty four says, "Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him." And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Man, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. (laughs) The reason why I didn't really even go a whole lot into it is because... We've already hit this like three or four times, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he, this is not the first time he talks about this, right? So this is the commandment that we believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. I kind of started the sermon that way, right? Mm-hmm. Believe, love one another, got it. We've already talked about that. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God's and God in him. I mean, that's pretty much the first three chapters so far. Right. It's almost like a summary statement. And then, you know, I will talk more next time I preach in First John about the Holy Spirit. Because this is the first okay. reference of the Holy Spirit, and then there's the Spirit kind of, there's a there's a comparison between the the Spirit and the Spirit of the world, hmm. Holy Spirit and the Spirit of the world, Spirit of the age. That's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of very. This is why you know this is more of a de- declaration. Like, if you are righteous, you'll be righteous. Hmm. If you keep His commandments, you're in God, and God's in you. If you don't, you shouldn't have confidence. Yeah, that's good. I mean, what about that verse 22, though? Whatever we ask, we receive from oh, him. Yeah. That's good. That is good. But, I mean, I can imagine someone, though, asking, I'm praying things here. 
there doesn't seem to be happening. What yeah, would so you... we're gonna we're gonna reference that again in First John five. Okay. Um, so First John five fourteen fifteen kind of has the same kind of language here. So we'll kind of bring that back up, um, and then then we'll kind of have to connect it back to Jesus' statements in John mm-hmm. John twelve. He mentioned something similar, and then you know I was even thinking First Peter three right when First Peter three seven, you know live with your wife who is the the, the weaker vessel. Right. Um, for the sake that your prayers would not be hindered. Right? right. So if you're not loving your wife, husbands, then God's not going to listen to your prayers. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, why should God listen to you? Right. And honor your prayers if right. you're not following His word. Yeah. But if you are following His word, well, God delights to to give the give the request of the righteous. Yeah. No, but, you know, there is an aspect of you know whatever we ask according to His will. Yeah. Which doesn't say here. Right. It does that. It does the clarifying statement. Or or in His name. That's kind of that. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> uh, are there, what are some things that maybe we can do, right, with this to help our assurance in Christ? Is there anything that come? I mean, you mentioned it like a bit, but are there any things that maybe come to mind of maybe challenges for you know for the rest of the year to maybe these are some things if you want stronger assurance to work on, or individually, but also maybe as a church. Yeah. So one, I mean. I, you know, encourage people to join the church. Talk about the value of the local church. Yeah. Right? There's, we are a local, you know, um, assurance, local, uh, you know, salvation assurance cooperative. Right? Mm-hmm. We're coming together to assure us of our faith, walking yeah. together. You know, um, uh, I think figure out what are very practical ways you can love people. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, how can I love people in the body? Can mm-hmm. I add an extra place at Thanksgiving? Can I, um, you know, maybe reach out to someone that I don't really know that well? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I saw Casey's mom is really struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, can I an extra prayer for Casey? Can I can I reach out to Anna and Anna and the boys in some very tangible way? Um, you know, so I think it's just very look that look that way. Um, how do we do that corporately as a body? You know, I think we're all loving each other in the body. I think that's gonna it's gonna ship. Um, maybe share a need that you have mm-hmm. with someone and try to meet a need. And that's very very simple. Share a need, meet a need. Good. You got anything? I, I like how you said about prayer. Just, I really do think. I mean, with the, you've mentioned it before. That's often we think that's the, that's the last thing we can do. But in reality, it's the first thing we should do: go to God for our brothers and sisters. Um, but yeah, I would just, I challenge people to get creative, right? Serving and loving one another doesn't have to look like what it looks like for other people, like. You're a unique person. They are unique people. Their needs may be different. Or, hey, I just want to cheer someone up. You know, that could always be... Because you never know who needs encouragement throughout the week. So yeah, I mean, a, a nice card. You know, a gift, a $5 gift card. Just, $5 gift card and, and, and a nice thought, right? I yeah. got a text today saying, hey, we're praying for you. Mm-hmm. As, I, as I have to do a service today for Kenny and Karen. Super encouraging. Mm-hmm. Right? Super, super loving there. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's so many different ways we can encourage people. Yeah. Right? Um we just have to. We do have to just actually think, right? It's back to that Hebrews ten twenty four. Consider how we can stir another one another up to love and good works. Yeah. As the days draw near, just consider, think about it. Yeah. So, the problem is we're not. We don't think about it enough, right? Mm. Because we don't think about Jesus enough. Because Jesus laid down His life for us. Yeah. And that the more we think about how Jesus laid down His life for us, well, then we would want to lay down our life for others, mm. right? Great passage to maybe meditate on. Um, Colossians one, uh, mm. twenty four, right? Filling up the afflictions of Christ, right. right? You know, we are that. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, so, why don't you pray for us, friend? Yeah, of course.
Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness and your grace, Lord. We thank you, Father, for uh, first and foremost seeing your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins and being raised again to offer us hope and life in him. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sin and encourages us to follow Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for uh, just this uh, book of First John and just how he offers us assurance in our faith, Lord, that one day we will get to spend eternity with you, Lord. And I just pray, Father, as the message uh, bears weight, Lord, that assurance can come from loving one another, and yet you would work that in Park Baptist Church, that we would be a people who love one another. And as uh, Pastor Dave said Sunday, that wouldn't it be great if the, the community of Rock Hill saw Park Baptist and, and just was brought to Christ by our love for one another. We pray, Father, that as your word says, whatever we ask, if we keep your commands, you, you will give us, Lord. And we pray that this would be part of your will, that you would cause us to be a people that love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.